We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all the things going down in Manhattan. The latest news, top stories, and insider perspectives to keep you in the know. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by Holiday Distillery and their vast assortment of spirits. And now, the latest episode of Three Maw. Hello and welcome into another Three Maw. I am John Kurtz. We've got the full crew with you here today. I'm joined by Derek Young from K-State Online, Cole Manbeck, the dapper former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury uh, in a nice button down today. You know it's a big deal when we've got Cole in a button down, but unfortunately uh, we're talking about K-State Missing out on a couple of West Virginia transfers in a wild 72-hour saga that went from K-State having a commit from one and a near commit from another to getting neither. And uh, the almighty dollar being a a big part of it. But we're here to recap all that, set everybody straight, get everything back on the right path and confident in K-State hoops because that is the the underlying message, rather, in the podcast today. You should still be very, very confident in K-State basketball and where things are headed. Uh, and as such, hey, still a great time to raise a glass. Holiday Distillery can hook you up with 360 Vodka or Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Uh, whichever is your poison of choice, make sure that you get stocked up for whatever it is that you're doing this summer. If you're going to hang out at Cole's Lake House, because we haven't yet, make sure that you bring your 360 Vodka and your Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon out there to go hang out with Cole and Brody and the entire family. Whatever lake it is that you're spending time on, get stocked up. They're great K-State folks who uh, help support the pod, so please support them as well. Cole, did you uh, did you have a, a nice stiff Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon after you wasted an hour watching uh, Muhammad Wagi highlights only to have him wind up at Alabama? Boy, I tell you what, I wanted to start pouring some, uh, you know, that Sunday morning when we got the text from DY that he was wavering uh, on his commitment just after, I believe, 18 hours earlier, John Kurtz and I texting Derek how much we love him when we had the, the good news delivered to us on a, on Saturday morning. So, I was in a very celebratory mood with my uh, Ben Holiday bottled in Bond bourbon, which I genuinely did actually have a bottle at the lake house, uh, celebrating Saturday night, telling my K-State buddies all about the good news, uh, even got on the boat and one of the lake house neighbors yelled out, did we get the West Virginia dudes? Uh, <laughs> and I said, well, yes, we did. And then the next day I'm yelling out, hey, probably not getting them. So 
wanted to drown my sorrows uh, that day, but uh, unfortunate set of circumstances, but such is the nature of the transfer portal and recruiting nowadays. Indeed. Uh, let's go ahead. And so for those who don't follow this, like nut cases, like we do as intimately as we do on a, a daily basis, what happened here is so K-State has two roster spots left. Uh, I think we all feel like they already have a roster that is capable of competing for a conference championship, but certainly looking for a best player available and a veteran guard. And the two that came free from West Virginia after Bob Huggins incident where he gets ousted as the, the head coach steps down. Uh, you had Joe Toussaint, who was a, a kind of sixth man sort of guard who averaged nine points a game in the Big 12 last year. Would have really fit the Desi Sills type of role on K-State's roster. I think Desi Sills, that's what K-State was looking to replace there. Um, and then you had Muhammad Wagi, who was more high potential sort of guy that didn't produce a whole lot in his first year at West Virginia, but a pretty high ceiling, lots of athleticism. Uh, so they both wind up in a visit at K-State at essentially the same time after some travel issues made it difficult for Toussaint to get there. He visited Texas Tech before coming to K-State. Comes to K-State and out of the visit – Derek, I guess I'll let you take it from here, whatever you want to say about it. But the, the general consensus would be K-State had a commitment from one, a near commitment from another, and then it all kind of went haywire after that. But since you were the, the man following all that, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's clear that they got a commitment from one. And, you know, we learned that it was Wagi that that, that commitment came from. I mean, everyone saw the tweets and everything. Um they were trying to get him to post about it while he was still on campus, I believe. So I think um, obviously that is the sign that that's who that was about was Mohamed Wagi still visited Alabama and as fickle as transfer portal recruiting can be. And obviously can really be tied in almost synonymously with NIL. I think that clearly played a role in, in this case and, and Kansas State kind of I wouldn't they'll, they're willing to play the NIL game. I think they, they clearly know, understand that that's part of what recruiting is, both football and basketball, I believe. But once it once it gets a little messy, I don't think they want to be participants of that because and here's the thing, and I don't mind that at all because one, I think you have to have a philosophy and you have to have a standard, and if you do, you have to stick to it or there's no inconsistency within the program. Um, I think everybody operates with a little bit of knowing the comfort zone and, and what the rules are or what the policy is. So you got to stick by it. And two, who's to say that if, if you do meet what then that new number, who's to say that then another team's not just going to go over the top. So I don't have a problem with that. Obviously they don't play the back and forth game. So once that becomes the thing and then, you know, Waggy's basically a done deal to Bama at that point. And we saw he's already committed to the Crimson Tide, just as Joe Toussaint is already committed to Texas Tech. In Toussaint's case, he didn't actually commit to Kansas State. I think he was on the brink of doing so. I still think to this point, if it was up to the kid, he'd probably be going to Kansas State. But, you know, they're not the only decision makers um, in some cases. Um, that This is not an exception to that, right? Um, he's not the first person that, you know, is being guided somewhere else. And I think they, he was guided to Texas Tech and has probably had a financial component to that one as well. So um, it is what it is. People say, does Jerome Tang need to change or does Kansas State need to change how they operate in that sense? I still say no because, um, you know, the, they're like, is this, you know, sustainable? I mean, we're literally three weeks away from people thinking Arthur Kaluma was the same thing and Kansas State got him. They also got Tyler Perry. I also, I will, I almost want to like shoot down the, 
the, the meltdowns too. Like you see it on Twitter. I know people live in that Twitter world and they see Kansas State getting drugged and it becomes an emotional thing. And so it allows them to, you know, melt down as well. But like people counted out Jerome taking Kansas State this time last year when only half a roster basically assembled. And he still went on and went to Elite Eight. Then, you know, you had to the the struggle through the middle of the season and everyone's like is this you know are they do they know what they're doing still went on to get third in the big 12 and made the elite eight and then the recruiting stuff happens can they recruit with the and actually win these important battles they beat out kansas for david castillo um then the transfer portal stuff comes the only one they they don't have anyone yet and everyone says we're not even on tyler perry's list right and i was like you know don't panic they still lay in Tyler Perry. Then there's nobody after Perry for a while, and people panic again. They lay in Arthur Kaluma. I get. I guess at some point, I'm like, when are people just going to trust that the staff still knows what they're doing? A setback is a setback. They're not the only one that has it. Well, and Cole, we'll get your thoughts here in just a second. I, I think I will pretty clearly break up what's happening here, D.Y. I think if most people, like in a vacuum – were thinking about this situation, they would probably feel that same way and have more trust and just ultimate faith in this staff because the staff has 1000% earned it. And I mean, I'm, you guys know, like I was a little frustrated by all this, but, and I do wonder sometimes like, will they eventually have to play this game a little bit more than they are right now? I do wonder that a bit, but I certainly appreciate what it is that they're doing. And I think there's a lot of value to it and they have absolutely earned the benefit of the doubt on that. And look, Texas tech, who's going to be, who will go further this year in the NCAA tournament, K-State or Texas Tech? We know what the hell the answer to that is. I mean, who went further in the tournament last year? Did K- when did Bama get bounced? Did they get bounced in the Sweet 16? You know, I mean, the schools that you're losing to here, I believe I have that right. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but the schools that you're losing to here, like you you did better than them last year already, and Tang is building a better and deeper roster right now. Like, I, look, I'm convinced this guy's a top five coach in college basketball. He's going to be fine. He's going to get the last laugh on these guys. But the problem is, yes, it is frustrating. And the problem is we're in the dead of July when there's nothing going on and we all are terminally online and everything that happens, like every day there's a winner and loser on Twitter. And K-State happened to be the loser for a 48-hour period there because Alabama fans have it out for Jerome Tang because they're tired of losing recruits to him and having to go up against him on the recruiting trail, which, I mean, you should take that as a badge of honor, K-State fans, that you have the attention of Alabama freaking fans out there who was paying attention to K-State at this time last year, not them. Um, and then the same thing in conference, like West Virginia fans were frustrated because they knew that Toussaint was likely headed to K-State before Texas Tech last minute grossly overpaid for him. And so West Virginia fans are getting after you. And then Texas Tech fans who did not like the Grant McCaslin hire are telling themselves all sorts of tales to get behind McCaslin and fired up about him. And so now they're trying to find their way to punch down at you a little bit too. So you just, you had to take the L on Twitter for a day. And like, that's the problem here. We don't like doing that. I say that as somebody who's on terminally online myself, like I get it, but that's the issue here is you just have people that it sucks to lose for a day, the internet war and the internet narrative. And that's what happened with all this, especially because yes, the coaching staff had their tweets out there. Like they were a part of this too, where they had the tweets out there that everybody was like, Oh yeah. Okay. They got a guy. I mean, it's fair. I just, I, that that's all true. I just think the criticism is really unfounded considering everything that they've already accomplished. It's like they do 20 million good things and then one bad one setback and it's a mountain of criticism comes on. And I just, I don't like it. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, look, I'm not a fan of it either, D.Y. Um, anytime we have any sort of inkling of a frustration, we don't we don't put that out there really on Twitter or social media at this point. And I've become much more patient and understanding to the approach. And uh, the staff has proven us time and time again to put faith in them, as you've said. So the the panic and everything, I, I just I think it's a little it's the instant gratification society that we live in and the instant reaction with social media. But I think what people need to remember is this coaching staff already landed two dudes in the portal, two top 20 transfers in almost every media outlet that existed, two top 20 transfers in America. And I think I had tweeted weeks ago, according to a couple of different sites, they were the only team or one of only two teams that had landed two top 20 transfers in the entire country. So when you look at the transfer hall and how much it costs in the portal and how difficult it is to recruit in the portal, anytime you can land two top 15, top 20 consensus type transfers, you've hit a home run. And, you know, K-State was looking for a couple of role guys here to help fill out the roster in Toussaint and Wagi. Wagi. And, and look, I can't deny, like I've said multiple times on Twitter and on the pod last week, like I thought they were perfect fits to fill out the roster. I was excited to get them. So I'm not going to downplay what their additions would have meant. I think they would have been meaningful players to this team. But the bottom line is when they try to take your, what, what, you know, you're putting on the table for them and they try to engage in a bidding war and play that up. Jerome Tang and this coaching staff is not going to engage in that. They can't jeopardize the culture in the locker room. And you cannot have a guy, a backup guard, on your team, a guy coming off the bench, making more in NIL money than starters, more than perhaps one of your star players. That just creates a huge issue in the locker room. And so Texas Tech massively overpaid for a guy that up until this year averaged around five and a half to six points per game in his career. Joe Toussaint hasn't even scored 800 points in his four years in college basketball. And, you know, (laughs) that just shows how ridiculous the portal is and how expensive it is to operate in that landscape. Uh, but, and again, I, I'm not 
here to knock Joe Toussaint necessarily. I think he would have been a solid addition and really rounded out the guard position on this roster. That's still a concern for me, but it's just, uh, you just can't have those types of guys making that level of money. It doesn't make any sense. And, I, and by the way, it was kind of a, a situation where like, this may well be the right thing for Tucson too. You know I mean? As frustrated as I was about it at first, like Tucson's not going to the NBA. I mean, th- this yeah. is a situation where one, you're at the end of the, t- towards the end of the line here on the portal where like people desperately need to fill out roster spots. Tucson's not going to go to the NBA. So this is a chance for him to maximize his, his dollar value here. Now, I mean, it, if it, if it is indeed true that like he really would have preferred to be at K-State, that's a bummer to have to go play 42 possessions a game under Grant McCaslin at Texas Tech um, just because you needed to, to get more money for the family. But, hey, people make sacrifices all the time to go do that. And if this is your chance to do that and take that money, that, that'd be really hard to turn down. Um, so in it, it, some ways, K-State was a victim just of circumstance here in, in all of this with, with what he was dealing with. I have two things, and one is kind of what you guys have jumped into a little bit on this, is this staff is very insistent in their belief that they do not have to compromise their culture, their fit, what they think they have to have to win a championship. They're not going to compromise any of it for talent. They think that they can do both. They proved that a little bit. You know, they did that last year. You know, they they had some of these situations last year where like this is the deal. You can come. We're not doing more than this. This, you know, we are very attentive to our our culture and our locker room and we won't stray from that. And they don't think that they have to compromise that to land talent. That much was the case. I mean, this stuff has been the same for every kid that they have pursued. It counted when they got Arthur Kaluma and Tyler Perry. They think that they can get kids that do both. They can get kids that talented and that fit to what they want to do. And you can disagree on that, but up until this point, they're the ones that have been right. Um, that's just it's just my personal belief. Second, and I'm trying to find the right words to say this because I don't want to say you're this isn't a you're we're a little old K-State and our uh expectations have to be limited or our you know, aspirations have to be limited. Kansas State can win a national championship under the staff, and they're definitely in pursuit of that primary goal. At the same time, because there was that instant, first, humongous taste of incredible success and almost feel like in the fan base, like nothing short of another Elite Eight the following year is going to be acceptable. And I think – Hey, Jerome Tang was the one that said expect to win. I get that. But I think, you know, there still needs to be some reasonability to that, right? I think we've – I discussed on – we had a similar discussion probably a couple months ago. Only one team has been to a consecutive Elite Eights in college basketball, and that was Miami. Just one. Um, So I think, you know, tempering expectations a little bit, not that this roster can't make the Elite Eight or Final Four. I think it can. But you have to know what college basketball the landscape is like and that sustained success is a hard thing to do year in and year out. They're trying for that. That's why they're building a program and not a team. And also, if you take into account, this is ultimately where I wanted to finish and my landing point here, look at their high school recruiting right now and what they've done with the first class that they signed, the best one that they've had in a long while, then getting David Castillo and you know hopefully landing Patrick and Gongba. 
I mean, this team is really built to hit its peak as a program, Jerome Tank, what they've been building in year three. Yes, yes, agreed on that. And I, I also would just – we pointed this out before, but it's very easy. People get distracted by the minutia of what's going on day to day and forget, like, hey, the, the depth of this roster is so much better. Like, we're, we're just not even – nobody's talking about RJ and Day-Day and McCaleb and the guys that they have coming in and, like, the possibility that – what if RJ pops and he's really ready to go from the get-go? Well, then you've got your guard problem solved and you're getting extra PT for him, which is going to be better for the long term of the program, even uh, if you were playing Toussaint those minutes instead, right? I mean, there still are scenarios where things could work out very, very well here. And the staff developed the guys that were left over on the roster, obviously, and Ishmael and Marquise Noel last year very well. So they've set a precedent that they can do that. Um, I get it. I, I would have preferred Toussaint. I would have loved to go that route, and I still hope that they find a better in guard, and that's what winds up happening. But there are plenty of avenues here where this can still work itself out just as well. We don't need to – the season is not over because the seventh guy on West Virginia's roster that won, what, seven games in the Big 12 last year decided not to come here in case they didn't want to pay him more than they were paying anybody last year to, to come here, right? I mean, we don't we don't need to to freak out too much over that. And there's – there's one more point that I will make on that, but I can't do it yet because I've, I've been sitting here in the camera shot, like just peeking in at this sexy shirt that I'm wearing from uh, home field. And I got to tell you guys about it. You know, home field apparel. If you've been on Twitter at all, I'm sure you've seen it. If you're a K-State fan, I'm sure you see it all over Bill Snyder Family Stadium, Bramlage Coliseum when you're going to games. Best place to be getting your college gear right now. I'm rocking uh, part of their new K-State line. It's a Copper Bowl shirt. I'm trying to see if I can get that logo up there. There we go. Copper Bowl champion shirt. Uh, of course, the 1993 Weiserlock Copper Bowl when K-State just lit up Joe Tiller in Wyoming. Uh, take that, Wyoming. You're taking strays here on the pod, but it, it, it's an awesome shirt, part of a great new release that uh, Homefield had with all sorts of uh, K-State stuff. If you're into gear of other teams, too, I mean, they have some really cool stuff, 150-plus teams uh, out there, too. So make sure that you're getting stocked up for the season coming up. Uh, you can go to homefieldapparel.com and check out the uh, wide selection of everything that they've got. But again, great K-State stuff. I got this and I got this like baseball kind of tee too, like the three-quarter sleeve tee that says Kansas State on it. Also very sharp. Uh, my favorite K-State gear is is mainly home field stuff. So make sure you go check those guys out. And I will give you more in just a second on this uh, Toussaint situation and the financial issues at uh, Texas Tech coming up. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. So the last last point I was going to make on this, D.Y., is like, so I was uh, talking to somebody that covers Texas Tech last night a little bit, and one of the first reactions and things that was said when we were discussing this it's like, okay, you know, Tech's coming in at the last minute with a huge bag here because they knew they were going to lose uh, to, to Jerome Tang. And they were like, man, did they learn anything from last year paying role players way too much money? That was the reaction from the Texas Tech side of things. Like, they had issues, and I've seen that now in multiple places. Even from the Tech fans that were in my mentions trying to claim that that McCaslin didn't really want Tyler Perry and that wasn't a recruiting win for Tang over McCaslin, which whatever, that's a different scenario. But we've seen it multiple times now. Texas Tech had issues with – just throwing money. They have a lot of money. I mean, I won't take that from Texas Tech has more money than almost anybody in the league that they're just throwing around. But, you know, kind of that oil mentality, like they're throwing it around, man. These are oil guys with money and they are spraying it. 
am not so worried about like the culture stuff here. And so that's, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Texas Tech. Obviously, it's a new staff, and I, I think Grant McCaslin will probably be a little more buttoned up than Mark Adams was last year with some of the stuff that was happening in Lubbock. But they may have some issues with that if you're going to pay that kind of money to, to Joe Toussaint to come in and do that. And they've already experienced that, and that's something that K-State certainly was wanting to avoid. That's, you know, that's what happens. I mean, that that's what Jerome Tang's trying to get ahead of, right? From a culture standpoint, that that's a thing that they are sensitive to and they understand can kind of get into the, the calculus. And to be quite frankly, I think we can all three agree too. It's kind of how Chris Kleiman's operating in Kansas State as well. Yeah, and I, I know I, I have a lot of appreciation for Texas Tech fans. I've got nothing against them. But a reminder needs to be made out there. While Grant McCaslin won this battle getting Joe Toussaint, K-State beat out Texas Tech for both Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma. Don't tell them who's, that. Who's, who's the bigger prizes there by far and away? And while Alabama was trying to get in on, obviously, Tyler Perry, who took an official visit there, and they wanted to get Arthur Kaluma for a visit, didn't get either one of those guys. They end up with Muhammad Wagi. I think K-State will take both of the guys they got while Alabama and Texas Tech in desperation mode can win those two recruiting battles. And I say all of this to preface once again, I thought those guys would have been good fits for K-State. I wanted them here. So this isn't sour grapes. I don't have any problem with what Joe Toussaint did. Like if I was advising my kid, like I would let him make his decision there. That's a lot of money that was put on the table if what we've heard is true. That can be life-changing money if you invest it properly and treat it the way that it should be. So, I like you said, he's not going to make the NBA in all likelihood or play. He, maybe he plays overseas. I don't know. But that's impactful money in his life. And so I can, I can understand both sides there, K-State not wanting to engage in a bidding war, not wanting to jeopardize the culture within the locker room, and Joe Toussaint wanting to do what's best for him and his family. So – I respect all of those decisions. Uh, at the end of the day, I'll take the two dudes that K-State has. I'll take the 11 guys they currently have on their roster. I think they're a top 25 team. People need to remember, we fully expect Naquan Tomlin to make a significant jump heading into this year. And a lot of the feedback, like we've talked about before, is he's a guy that very much from the NBA feedback he got could be a first-round pick if he excels and develops this year. He was a guy that averaged 10 a game last year. And if you look at his offensive rating, he had a 114 offensive rating and a defensive rating of 97. That's a terrific balance between defense and an offensive rating. It shows where he could go. And if he takes that next jump, you've got a first-team All-Big 12 guy there, and Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma and Tomlin could be that big trio uh, that could be really good in this league. So I, I, you just need those top 100 transfer or top 100 freshmen to come in and have a couple of them produce a little bit. And then, you know, a guy like Jarrell Colbert produce, give you something off the bench as a big or whether he starts and David Gasson and Cam Carter to make those jumps. Like people need to remember the guys within the program returning are going to get better. They've been through 38 plus games last year, whatever the number was, they're going to take a step. And now you're adding some very talented pieces. And I'm not worried. It's a top 25 team as they sit today. And who knows, there's a very good chance they add kind of a role player experience guard that pops in the portal as a grad transfer here in the coming weeks. It's a different landscape than it was last year, just because there's now a transfer portal window. So the only transfers that can all of a sudden hit the market, so to speak, and be immediately eligible right now are graduate transfers. 
But you're right. I wouldn't rule out the potential of that. There probably will be a slow leak of that just because college sports is wacky um, throughout the rest of the offseason. I think, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday this morning. I don't think the Kansas State's going to be involved, but Jose Perez, the West Virginia transfer, all of a sudden hit the transfer portal this morning. So I don't think entries are done by any means. I don't think they're ever done. That's just the world of college sports that we live in. And while the, because of the windows, the the landscape is different this year compared to what it was last year, just for some perspective, it's not apples to apples. Keontae Johnson was not yet committed at this point in the calendar a year ago. How do we feel about Tyler Perry's reaction to uh, the Muhammad Wagi commitment being made official today on Twitter? Tyler Perry, who obviously was well aware that there was a commitment made at one point in time to uh, to K-State by Wagi, just simply tweeted uh, LOL. And then let it stand, at least as far as I saw, still hadn't been deleted yet. I, and I love it. I love it. I, I think, he's, I, I think I he's, gonna be, it. he's getting me more excited for him. I want a dude with some attitude. And uh, I like uh, You could tell he's a prideful competitor to have that kind of reaction. Like you could tell, like it's good that that bothered him, right? You want that to piss him off. And that clearly pissed him off. I, I, I think I said on the pod after the father son drum thing basketball camp, just being around Tyler Perry, just a little bit. We had him on the pod obviously, but just watching him work with kids and interact with him, that guy rings. Like he's going to be a leader. Like everything you watch him, the way he handles things, he's a competitor and he's going to have a lot of leadership value that he brings to the table. In addition to being a good player, I think Tyler Perry is a perfect fit for this roster and what Jerome Tang is looking for. And look, we, we had him on the pod and the answers he gave on that pod had, had you getting how had you salivating with some excitement and everything that would sound like a guy that Jerome Tang would want in this coaching staff. I was going to say Todd Perry seems like the perfect personality for Jerome Tang. Like, Probably was is similar to Marquise Noel, that just that mentality. Like, I'm you know, remember that it was an interview after I think it was after they can't say beat Kentucky, or maybe it was after they beat Montana State. In the the sideline reporter, the baseline reporter asked Marquise Noel about the next game. He said, Kill him, right? Remember that? He said, Kill him. That seems like the type of dude that Tyler Perry kind of is, too, because you have to be a certain kind of competitor or certain kind of you know winner to basically go on twitter you're so pissed off that you go on twitter and put lol i'll tell you the recruitment that actually i wanted joe toussaint more because i thought he was more important for this current roster i think having a role player at the guard position would have been more helpful and beneficial i think they're okay at the bigs right now i think colbert's gonna you know take a step after his redshirt year gasson you know, between Tomlin, Kaluma with their size, Manning, Michaela Bridge, I, I think they got pieces there. But losing Muhammad Wagi to Alabama, it, it more so bothered me just because you commit and then six hours later, you're you're wavering on your commitment and then you're taking a visit the next day to Alabama. But it even more so bothers me because he committed to Alabama and I have no respect for Nate Oates as a coach and, and who he is. So that one stung more to me because I, I really have a strong dislike for the way that he runs his program. I guess it has nothing to do with the way they play. I think the way they play is smart, their their scheme and everything. But everything that transpired this last year, really hate losing a recruiting battle to that guy. Yeah, well, and you already had the Aaron Estrada thing. Was it Aaron Estrada? It was Estrada. Um, earlier this offseason where similar sort of deal for a while there. It looked like K-State was in the lead, and then Bama came in and – 
took that away. So look, I get it, but I mean, they're Bama recruits at the top of this sport right now. It's, it's not, and they have tons of money. It's, it's not an easy thing to be doing. And I, I would just, to kind of close here, like end with this sort of message too, because I, I think in my hunch and theory would be that a lot of the meltdown from the fan base is because it's not fun in this online world we live in to be taking an L on a day or two days online. But like, think of the fan bases that are typically like Kentucky fans hate Jerome Tang and you're hearing from them all the time. Like Alabama fans, you're hearing from them all the time about Jerome Tang and what's going on with the program. Uh, other Big 12 schools that are not nearly in the position that you are basketball-wise right now, Tech, West Virginia, chiming in every once in a while. But then the other one's like, yeah, I know everybody hates it, like Kansas fans. You're having to hear it from Kansas fans too. But like, think about what I just named off to you, man. Like Alabama, Kentucky, and Kansas, they're pretty concerned with you right now. They're pretty concerned with what's happening with Jerome Tang and K-State on a daily basis. Like whether or not they're going to admit that that's the reason they're doing it. Two years ago, there weren't any Kentucky fans – not many Kansas fans and certainly no Alabama fans that were tweeting at you or trying to get everybody all riled up, man. Like it's just a sign of the times and it's a sign of where you're at and where this program's at right now that it's getting that kind of national respect and attention from everybody. Remember what I said a few weeks ago, it might've been a month ago at this point, when you recruit at this level, the wins are more glorious. The losses sting a little bit more. Yeah. And I think K-State fans also need to, like you mentioned earlier, D.Y., recognize the high school recruiting classes that Jerome Tang and this coaching staff are building and not having to be so reliant on the transfer portal. And I think you also have to ask yourself this, if what Joe Toussaint got, and we're not going to throw a number out there, but if he got what we've heard the rumors are that he received to go to Texas Tech through NIL, would you rather that investment be on a guy like Patrick Ngongba? Who, and I'm not saying K-State's given that or anything like that, but you rather the focus be on landing a top 20 player in the country in the 2024 recruiting class or getting a seventh man off your bench, a, a backup guard and having those resources allocated there. I know where I'd rather the, the, the resources be allocated to, and that would be developing that high school recruiting class and bringing in another top 20 or top 15 recruiting class. Heck, I think this 2024 class could end up being a top 10 class in the country if, if they get, you know, another dude or two, which I think they feel decent about. So I'm just saying that I would rather the resources be allocated there than getting a bench guy that might help you some this year, but more toward the future and looking toward that, I'd rather focus. We've expressed it enough, but I want to like reiterate, like Joe Toussaint made a lot of sense for what Kansas State needed. So I'm not taking away anything there. They wanted him. I wanted him. John, John and Cole wanted him. But the the level of probably exasperation and, and meltdown, I don't think is commensurate of a guy that started one game last year. I think you had to keep that in perspective. Joe Toussaint started one game last season. He started, yeah, he started 42 games out of 132 in his career. He'd never played, I mentioned before, he'd never played more than 18 or 19 minutes a game until last year, his fourth year of college basketball, where he averaged a little more than 21 on a West Virginia team that was a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. So I, I think there is importance to keep perspective while saying at the same time, he could have played a solid role for this K-State basketball team and a valuable role. Well, let, let me put, I was going to frame it like this, D.Y. And we're far enough removed from this now that I can't remember exactly what it was like when this happened. I know that I melted down a hell of a lot more when this happened, but it feels like the meltdown here has been equal to or greater than when Max Acemus chose Texas. And like, if we're talking about significance, I mean, Max Acemus, what that one should hurt 
way more than the, Joe Tuesday. Nothing the, against Toussaint, but that, I mean, that is the one that should really hurt, and that is the one that will haunt me from this offseason. That, that's the one that should hurt the most and be 30 times more than the Joe Toussaint stuff. And it's the one that probably that they're going to look back on and be like, that's the one that got away. Because from everything we've been able to discern, what we know Jerome Tank wants, the personalities that fit this program, what they're looking for, and someone on and off the court, like locker room, culture, like Max Asmus, still to this day, he picked Texas, but he was a fit for what this coaching staff desires in a player, both on and off the court. I think a lot of the reaction, guys, honestly just stems back to the fan base got really excited with the thought that they'd landed both of these guys, essentially the signal goes out the commit signal and then the roller coaster ride and the emotion of losing those guys in a matter of 48 hours has probably played to the emotion kind of boiling over just frustration, maybe not even at the staff, but toward just NIL, the transfer portal and everything. At least I, I really hope it's not directed at the, the staff because they've been amazing. And uh, I cannot wait to see what they do with the roster moving forward here like D.Y. mentioned it earlier, there's still guys entering the portal. Jose Perez entered today for West Virginia. That one stings the Mountaineers badly because they hired Josh Eilert to try and retain that roster. And now look, Joe Toussaint's gone, Trey Mitchell's gone, and Jose Perez is gone. They've hardly got any of the pieces that stuck around that they brought in. Um, so that certainly hurts them. Javon Quinterly, a guard from Alabama, entered the portal just 10 days ago. There's a reason Alabama was trying to get a Zoom call with Joe Toussaint is because they just lost one of their talented guards uh, in Tuscaloosa. And so there's still going to be guys entering the portal. Now the question will become, do these guys just become more and more expensive because there's still a lot of teams out there that are desperate to land guys and they're going to massively overpay than what they might have back in May or early June when they were some, some big fish still out there. You know, because we, we see like Gonzaga trying to get Zoom calls with Joe Toussaint. I mean, so that tells you like Gonzaga, Miami, they still have roster spots available. There's still a lot of competition out there. Is the price going to be too high to get a really good piece? Are you going to be looking at more of a Tyke Green type that enters the portal here late? We'll, we'll see. I mean, there can be a role there. They won a couple games at Tyke Green, helped them win. Oklahoma State, or, or not Oklahoma State, maybe it was TCU in Manhattan. Yeah, TCU in yeah. Manhattan. So, you know, hopefully they can find a piece that, that helps give them some minutes, takes a little more pressure off the guards. Otherwise, yes, you are going to have to rely on Tyler Perry and Cam Carter a lot, and you're going to have to hope that Dorian Fenister can give you some minutes and one of the freshmen can be ready to produce. Otherwise, they'll have to play Kaluma and Tomlin a little bit more on the perimeter, and I know Tomlin can certainly play the perimeter a lot and Kaluma, but they may have to go big at guard at times. Oh, Okay. I guess that'll do it, everybody. Uh, so, listen, Jerome Tang is that dude. I mean, I, I we, we shouldn't have to remind everybody, but I understand. I get the world that we're living in. Like, this is that dude. You have a top five coach in college basketball. There, He has more, a far greater depth of talent on this roster than what he had last year. He still has some really nice high-end pieces on this roster. It's going to be just fine. And you know what else? You get a couple chances to settle the score on the floor. You're going to play Texas next year. You're going to play Texas Tech next year. I guess maybe not Alabama, but you're going to get Texas and Texas Tech. And, uh, you know, we'll see who comes out on top. I know who my money's on. Sure as hell tell you who my money's on. All right, that's going to do it for us uh, here on this pod. Um, we will get you a football update pretty soon here as well. All Big 12 team out. Lots of football recruiting that's exciting happening right now as well. 
Uh, but go out and get your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon, wherever it is that you're hanging out this summer, lake, pool, whatever. Uh, go ahead and get hooked up with them. They support us. Great K-State folks, so please go support them as well. Appreciate Home field, uh, make sure you get your cat's gear from them as well. And uh, for Tucker Franklin behind the scenes, Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, I'm John Kurtz. Thanks for listening to another three more. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.